Welcome to My Fear Katie, a film review podcast. I, Katie Shimek, will watch movies with my dad. That'd be me, Scott Shimek. Together we will dive into a sometimes deep but hopefully always fun discussion of classic films. Today's movie is The Thing. The Thing. Nineteen eighty two. Horror movie by John Carpenter. Have you seen any John Carpenter movies before? Yes. What have you seen? Um what was it? The little Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Starman. Right? Oh Star. Little different than uh than this one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and this is more along the lines of what John Carpenter is known for is his horror movies. It became most famous with Halloween. Perhaps the greatest of all horror movies. I've seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, all right, so who does this movie star? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Is Kurt Russell handsome? Um. No, is Kurt Russell handsome? No. No? He's got those. They look kind of weird, his eyes. Kind of weird. Too blue. Maybe that's because he used to be a computer. Oh. Did he ever wear tennis shoes? Yeah, he was with the computer who wore tennis oh, shoes. Okay. Wore shoes, yeah. We should watch that movie. <laughs> All right, so we're trying something new this season. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing our long recap, we're going to do the three-sentence recap. <laughs> I told you I was going to do it. I'm going to do it every time. Okay. Until you do. You want to try it? No. Try it. It's fun. The three-sentence recap. Okay. All right. You want to go first? Give no. me your three-sentence recap. Um, the first sentence is, a scary dog is running um, towards them while being shot, and no one knows, like, who it is and why. People start to get paranoid, and um, they don't trust each other. And they have to risk their lives in order to stop the thing. And um, we don't know who is the thing, like, who got taken over in the end. Did you write down all those ums? No. No? Oh, I did, actually. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Okay. Those are some long sentences. Uh, I think you took a little bit of liberty. Well, the second one. I mean, I guess maybe you could have some semicolons in there, some yeah. compound sentences. Yeah. yeah uh, well, it was almost a two-hour movie, so. Okay. It was a long movie. Well, it's in the spirit of the three-sentence recap. But, you want to hear mine? Yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can read my handwriting here. (laughs) Twelve men stuck at an Antarctic outpost are greeted by a dog fleeing gun-crazy Norwegians. The dog turns out to be a shape-shifting alien. No one can be trusted, so they all kill each other, except maybe two. That doesn't really sound like a recap. That sounds more like they're trying to get you to watch the movie. Like That's how it ends. They all kill each other, except maybe two. I don't know. Was a recap. I actually like, but the whole point of the movie is the paranoia and the and the question about whether or not they're actually aliens at the end. Okay. Are they actually aliens at the end, or are they human? Aliens. I think this is the most important question in the movie. Yeah. They're aliens. I think so. One has either they're both aliens or neither are aliens, right? Yeah. Do we agree on that? Yes. Okay. What would happen if one of them was an alien and one wasn't? Well, the other one would. Um, 
turn them into an alien. Yeah, because there's nobody else around to see, right? Yeah. So the alien only attacks when they're alone with, with, well, I guess he attacked the dogs, but he, I guess he knew he could kill all the dogs. Yeah, and or there he was. Knew. Yeah. I don't know. Why I'm making it a he. Yeah. So, here's my problem with them being both aliens. Well, wait a minute. McCready comes out. That's Kurt Russell, McCready. He's got a bottle of scotch. Right? Mm-hmm. He's got his J&B scotch the whole movie. He doesn't, they don't show him drink it. He gives it to David Keith. Does he drink it? Mm, I don't remember. I th- he puts it up to his mouth, but I don't know if he drinks it. It's a good question. Yeah. I like the uncertainty of it. What about this? Let me ask you another question about the movie. You ready? Yeah. Okay. If when you get shifted into the alien and it takes over your body, do you, well, I guess it's not really you, but does the being know that it's an alien? I don't think so because um, when they're testing them, they like all look relieved when they, when they're not, you know, like when they find out that they're not. Right when the blood doesn't turn into an alien, yeah. And they're... the doctor who got like put away, he's like, "What happened to me?" Like either he's like um, pretending or he's actually not sure. But none of them were alien. Well, the one guy was. Mm-hmm. They didn't really show him beforehand though about whether or not he was nervous. I mean, they're all nervous because maybe they don't know that they don't know. Yeah. They would sure. all be nervous because either you don't know that you don't know, or you know that you are and you're going to be found out. Yeah. All right, so I think the three-sentence recap went pretty well. What do you think? Yeah. We're going to stick with it? Yeah. Okay, I like it. As long as you do recaps now. What do you mean? Like, from now on, you promise to do recaps. Oh, instead of yeah. a trailer? Yeah. Even though I gave away the entire movie? Mm, yeah. mm, fine. <clears throat> All right. Earmuffs, this is an R-rated movie. This is our first R-rated movie that we've done on the podcast. From our perspective, it has more than one F word, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's going to be R. Okay. Mm-hmm. But violence, well, do people smoke? Yeah. I so, think so today that would be rated R for that too, although it wouldn't have at the time. Um, there's G rated movies where people smoke. People drink? Yeah. Drug use? Yeah, they're smoking a joint. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> That one guy's always smoking a joint, isn't he? Yeah. And he wants to fly the helicopter, too, while he's smoking a joint. Yeah. Yeah, I would take a pass on that. Yeah. Okay. He would be high, though. <laughs> that was funny. <sighs> okay. All right, so violence and gore. Mm, I would say watching Marvel movies, like... Gore against people are way worse than it is in the movie, but like um, the special effects are really gory. Okay, so the violence is today would be PG, but yeah. the gore is still rated R. Yeah, I can tell you this: at the time, the gore was crazy. Like that's all people talked about in that movie, if they talked about it at all. All right, so this season we're doing uh, first season of Stranger Things related movies. So tell me, what do you think? How does this movie relate to Stranger Things? How do you think that the Duffer brothers may have thought about this movie when they were growing up? 
Well, like, from the first 30 seconds, you can tell that the music is so similar. It sounds like a heartbeat. And the Demogorgon looks exactly like the thing. It, it does. Uh, when in the dog scene, right? Yeah, when it, like, opens its mouth. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of aliens, all kinds of different ones. But the dog yeah. one definitely looked like the Demogorgon. Yeah, that was uh, that's true. So you could see that they were really influenced by this type of mm-hmm. of gross-out horror, right? Yeah. Anything in Stranger Things related to the thing? Um, wasn't there a poster? In Mike's basement? Yeah. There is a poster in Mike's basement. That would have been a very unusual thing to have back then. Very unusual in 1983. Season 1 takes place in 1983, right? Yeah. Okay, what is it, like, the fall of 1983? I think so, yeah. Okay, Thing comes out in 1982. Comes out the same weekend as Blade Runner. Two weeks after E.T., Poltergeist, and some other big movie. I forget. It was a really big couple of June 1982. Huge. People hated the thing. Nobody saw the thing. I didn't see the thing for like two years. I didn't see it until I was your age. And I didn't like it when I first saw it. I was not a big fan. Um, I've turned on it, uh, and I really, really like it now. But, yeah, there's a poster in there, and I think that's not because Mike would have had the poster in his basement, but it's because Mike wouldn't have been a fan of this. Those guys are not... That none of them were like hardcore into horror in the movie. In the, I'm sorry, in the show. Were they? No, I don't think so. No, they're more fantasy, right? Yeah. They probably would have been more E.T. fans than the Thing fans. Yeah, because he has like E.T. toys, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, I think that's really just a nod of the Duffer Brothers to probably one of their all-time favorite films. Um, You're right. I did some research into it, and Robert Ebert didn't like the movie. He said it was... There was no character development, um, like Kurt Russell, or I personally didn't like Kurt Russell's character. Um, It was just, like, gross-out. It was, like, an excuse to have a gross-out movie. And he even said, like, if you wanted to watch a gross-out movie, there's better movies that do it. Like, the original The Thing, or, like, Aliens. The original Thing? Gross-out movie? Yeah, that's what he said. Roger was a little sensitive when it it comes to, uh, to that kind of gross out stuff if he thought the original thing was gross out <laughs> alright so let's talk more about the movie though Who who's the uh, who's the main character here who's our hero um Kurt Russell yeah so speaking of McCready who you don't like and you think he's one dimensional was he a good protagonist in this was he was he actually like the good guy the hero um I guess he was but he was willing to like just kill all of them and like blow it up yeah, but why? To protect himself. To protect, blow it up to protect himself? Yeah. Because they were trying to kill him. Okay. Yeah, like in the midway point of the movie. Yeah. Right. At the end of the movie, what's he trying to do? He's sacrificing himself, basically. For for what? For everyone else in the world. So that we can sit here and do this podcast right now. <laughs> unless, unless he didn't succeed. Mm. And then you know what? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> we're alone in a room, so either we're both aliens or neither one of us are aliens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what about the bad guys? The alien. That's the only bad thing. Okay, we, yeah. 
As you're watching the movie, though, do you think that any of the characters are set up to be the bad guy? Gary? Was that his name? Yeah, the older guy. Yeah. Not the... Not the super old guy who was only 48 years old. Yeah, not... (laughs) (laughs) Um, The one who had the gun, though. Yeah, and took the blood. Did he? Didn't he? No. He didn't? Everyone thought he did. He had the key, but he he wasn't an alien, remember? He wasn't an alien? No. Oh, I thought he was. No, because remember, he's like... Now, if you guys are done messing around after they tested his blood, oh. I'd like to get off. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to say what he said. Because it's not appropriate. Yeah. No. Wouldn't never hear me say anything like that. Oh, so let's talk about the uh, so the bad guys. It, it was the alien then. Yeah. Right? Just the alien. Not the Norwegies. No. But the dog. Yeah. The dog is the bad guy. The cute, beautiful little husky Malmu, whatever he is, mm-hmm. with the topaz colored eyes. That's the bad guy. Yeah. The evil, heinous villain <laughs> that wants to destroy the world. Yeah, that's the bad guy. Well, what's the dog's motivation? Well, I guess I just said it. It's been living in its. in the. what? Did they blow them up? The ship? Yeah. Yeah, they put explosives in the ship. Yeah, they put a, put explosives in the ship. They were doing just fine until then. So I would want to take get revenge. Well, he was frozen in ice. Yeah, and they ruined it. Do you think he was happy being frozen in ice, or was he just, like, I, waiting, biding well, his time? I don't think he knew. Waiting like a spider. Well, none of this would have happened, so I think it's... The Norwegians' fault. Everything's the Norwegians' fault, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I blame the Norwegians, too. If they had just left it well enough alone. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were doing alien research down there. No. No. They should have stuck to their, you know... Scientific research. Right. Pulling up a core sample of ice, seeing how much carbon was in the atmosphere or whatever they were doing. Okay. And I'm just going to say this while we're talking about the Norwegians. If only that Norwegian was a better shot, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe he he was one of the aliens, too, so he was missing on purpose. Wait a minute. He did blow up the helicopter with the other guy in it. Mm-hmm. Or was he blew up he, himself? He, no, he didn't blow up himself. He dropped it, remember? like, he, But how did you drop that? Yeah, how do you drop a grenade like that? Yeah. How do you, like, throw it back? And drop it as he, you're throwing it back. Okay, he was really bad with the grenades. See, when they're flying the helicopter and he's going to hit, the dog is running down the road that had been plowed, and he throws a grenade and it's 50 yards off the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, can't they just put the helicopter over top of the road and wait for the dog to start coming and then just kind of drop it? Yeah. He was pretty bad with the grenades, and then he throws it backward. Okay. Here's another question. If you throw a grenade 10 feet backward and it lands in the snow... Why do you go up and rub it in? Right. Why is he trying to dig it out? Yeah. Yeah. Run the other way. Yeah. (laughs) Dive in the snow. So the Norwegians are bad shots. Stupid. They Really, could they even be scientists? I don't know. And don't... To get grenades and get a gun, don't you need some kind of training? I guess not in Antarctica. Oh, uh, well, 
they should make that a requirement. You can have all the guns you want. You just have to have training. It's not a bad idea. Mostly grenades, though. For grenades, yeah, I probably shouldn't have all the grenades you want. I think yeah. maybe that should just be an Antarctica thing. Yeah. People can have grenades in Antarctica, but not, like, in the U.S. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that, too. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody needs a grenade. No. I mean, I'm not going to take away that right, but mm. I don't think anybody should. I don't know, maybe for the Norwegians. One. The Norwegians, definitely. They, I'm banning all Norwegians from having any grenades in the United States. How about that? I, I have the authority to do that, you know. Oh, really? I do, yeah. I, yeah, I just made that declaration. So the dog's motivation is to take over the world? Yeah. Okay. Did he have a point? Yeah. Yeah? He was, yeah. Would the world be better from the dog's perspective if it was all aliens? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Then what would they attack? They would just be able to live happily. <laughs> all amongst themselves? Mm-hmm. Would they take over other animals too, or just humans? Well, they took over one of the dogs, didn't they? Yeah, but was that just to get at the humans, mm-hmm. or were they just taking over everything? Taking over everything. Like a virus. Yeah. Like a virus. What do you think they ate? People. I mean, like all the people are gone. Uh, all the animals are gone. Now it's all just aliens. Hmm. What do you think they would eat? Each, Each other? other? Yeah. That's pretty horrifying. Maybe that should be the sequel. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so let's talk about the setting. Where did it take place? Antarctica. The... Was that important to the story? Yeah. And why was it important to the story? Well, if there was other people in Antarctica, then there would be no point to risk your life. Well, that's an interesting point. I was just thinking that it really, it it required them to stay inside rooms together. Oh, yeah. You know, because you can't be outside. Yeah. Um, And you can't get in a car and go somewhere. You can't run away. Mm-hmm. What did you think about, like, the cold and the snow? Did you, like, feel the cold when you're watching the movie? Yeah, because every single time they would show someone with a beard or eyebrows, there would be icicles in them. There was an awful lot of icicles in uh, in the beard at the end, wasn't there? Yeah. Considering he was just like in a room with a bunch of flames. You know what I noticed at the end? This might be a nitpick, but you could see Kurt Russell's breath like crazy, like he was like standing in front of the freezer, and uh, David Keith was just sitting there, and you could see his only like one time could you see his breath. Maybe because he was drinking scotch. Does that warm you up? I don't know. know. Alright, so what did you think about the score? Um, I thought it was really good, and I thought it was really clever the times that they played it. Like, um, besides, like, the opening, like, the beginning, the next time they play it is when they show the dog. Yeah. Like, you don't know the dog is... I mean, you don't really feel that like eerie tension until they start playing that music again yeah yeah and then you know the dog something's wrong with the dog Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's a a Ennio Morricone soundtrack and what's interesting about that is that John Carpenter is 
well known for doing all of his own soundtracks. And he does a lot of synthesizer keyboard type soundtracks. Uh, you've probably heard the Halloween music a hundred times. It's yeah. just a little piano and nothing else. Um, but other movies like Escape from New York is all just 80s synthesizer. And it's really like what he's known for in his movies. And so he got uh, this famous, you know, the the guy who did Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, right? Mm-hmm. You know, big orchestra with trumpets. Gets him to come and play on a synthesizer. Well, it worked, I think. It did work. I thought, I thought it was really good. It was really good and, and built real soundscapes. You know what else I noticed is that they used the wind also as part of the soundtrack of the score. Yeah. It, it was almost musical at times, um, like with the dogs in the kennel. And they, they used it as music, that soundscape. So I thought that was really good, too. What about the costumes? Um, I think the best part about maybe the whole movie was the hats. <laughs> the hats? Yeah. <laughs> you like the hats? Yeah. I wouldn't even know what to call you, that kind of hat. It was like a square cowboy hat. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you call those. Very interesting. What about the shades? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a serious shade game going on with all that, you know, snow around. Yeah. You're, you're just rolling your eyes because I said shade game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know the people in podcast world they can't they can't see you roll your eyes. Well, you can, and maybe that will like make you stop. Okay. All right. I won't say shade game again after that time right there. That was the last time I would say that. Okay. <laughs> title sequence. Mm, I thought it was really cool. You like the titles? Yeah. That that's another throwback to the Stranger Things poster and the poster in general. Is that, you know, the, when the titles come up, it like scratches out the thing, and it's got a light from like below that shines up through it. Yeah. And the poster, do you remember what the poster looked like? Yeah, the guy's like standing there, right? Yeah, it's like an outline of a guy, and the light's coming through it. Mhm. Yep, it's the shape the of a person. The Stranger Things posters are like that. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, especially yeah, and the red light is sometimes I feel like. Right? Yeah, red light instead of white light. Yeah. But they totally love this movie. Mm-hmm. There's no question this is like their favorite movie. All right, so the big picture, the, this whole movie. Is it as scary today you think as it was then? No. No? No. What about overall in cinema history? Do you think it's got a, a place in as an all-time classic horror movie? Yeah, definitely. But you don't like it? No. I think the music makes it, like, iconic. Were you scared at all? No. Not at all? No. It's an R-rated movie. I mean, which one? Well, know? yeah, but also, I, maybe I might have been more scared of, like, if I liked the characters more, but I really didn't, so. Oh, so you didn't feel tension because you didn't care if anybody died? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a flaw. Yeah. That is definitely a flaw. Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> let's go to our awards. The Odessa Steps. What are you going to give that for the best scene, the best scene in the movie? Um, My favorite scene, and I think the best scene is when they're testing the blood. I think that's when I have the mo- like, there's the most tension. I think that's the best scene in the movie. Yeah. It is a great scene. I mean, from... 
I guess, where would you start it? Um, when McCready's still locked outside through that, or would you just start it at the, you know, when they're in the break room there and he's, like, sticking the needle into the blood? Just when they're in the break room. Yeah, I think it's a great scene. I mean, normally I would come up with a different one just to be different, but uh, it's so iconic in the movie that I think you got to go with that one. All right, how about the best shot? What's the best single shot in the movie? The best shot is when they're like, they both come back and they've like met up and the camp, like the fire is burning and it just pans away because you don't know like who's the alien, like if they're both the alien or if they're both not. It's a great shot. It's a great shot. My favorite shot, and maybe this isn't as good of the shot, but my favorite one is early on, like when you mentioned the music. Along with that music, just before that they start playing that don't don't music again, there's a scene where the camera is up at human eye level. It pans past some lights, so you see that it's up high, and then it slowly drops to about two feet off the ground and starts going down the hallway. And that's when you realize, even without seeing the dog, that you have changed into the dog's point of view, and now you're know that the dog is something more than just a dog. You know the dog is is not just uh, you know a distraction in camp but actually the the uh, the catalyst to what's to come for the rest of the movie yeah so that's why I like that one it's my favorite shot so what are we going to call this award now let's give it a name um we should call it Outpost 31 okay we'll call it Outpost 31 alright so what was your favorite side item in the movie um Nalls Nalls he was the only character I liked (laughs) Why did you like Nalls? I don't know, because they, like, maybe because he, like, roller skated and he was, like, singing and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He's the only one who who's, who has an interest that you know, yeah. except that uh, McCready's a bad loser at chess. Yeah. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. That he's willing to blow up a computer. By the way, that computer in 1982. Expensive. Yeah, in 1982 dollars was probably several thousand dollars, which today would be, like, you know, that was enough to buy a car then. You could buy a, car, a brand new car, a small, you know, inexpensive car, but you could buy a car for what a computer cost. And he just throws a scotch in there because he lost at chess and they accused it of cheating. How could a computer cheat? I don't know how a computer could cheat. I mean, I guess it could cheat if you programmed it to cheat. Sore loser. But okay. Knowles is the only one they actually like let you like. Yeah. But then they, they don't really pay it off at the end with, like, a good gruesome death. He just kind of disappears. Which was kind of cheap, I think. Like, um, Robert Ebert mentioned this, too. Like, it it's not as fun because there's simple solutions. Like, just partner up, like, with, and don't leave each other. Like, it's not that hard. Okay. That is very fair. I get frustrated every time I see them split up. When they know, when they know that the alien will take over one of them if they're alone. So why are they splitting up? It has to be not even in Paris, right? Yeah. Because it will attack the other one if you're in Paris, and they come back in Paris, and you don't know. It has to be three, mm-hmm. right? So if there's eight of them or 12 of them, and you know there's eight left, they split up into fours. Yeah. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah. So then, like, I think it happened like three or four times. It happened a lot. That's why we don't know at the end. But in fairness, that's how all horror movies work. 
Yeah, but not good ones. People are always stupid in horror movies. Well, really good ones, people aren't stupid. In Stranger Things, do they do stupid stuff where you don't, if you don't do that? But not, they do, but not all the time. Like, it's, the basis of the horror movie isn't that they're doing something stupid. Okay, that's, that's a fair point. And they're also 13? Yeah. 12, 13, whatever? Yeah. So, okay, fair point. I'm with you there. So, should this movie be remade? Didn't, or it didn't get remade, but it has, like, the Norwegian's point of view, doesn't it? It does, and I saw that, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. I don't think they have to remake it. I think so many people already like it, right? And why? If they remade it, they would use CGI for all the special effects. So it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. It would probably look more realistic. I'll be honest, 1982, it was gross, but you knew what it was. You knew it was puppets and, and, you know, latex masks and stuff like that. Um, It was still really good and very creative and well done, but you still knew what it was. Now it would be CGI and would that make it better or worse? Mm, Worse, because I think it gave the movie character. Yeah, I mean, it's just old me thinking that, you know, practical effects are always better than computer effects because there's no consequence. You can do anything with a computer. You can make anything look like anything. Yeah. So it takes away the, uh, the really, the consequence and gravity of things. Yeah. And they still really do that. That's why Mad Max Fury Road is such a good movie, which one day you'll get to see. Sorry. That wasn't me. <clears throat> I forgot to silence my phone. That was me. That was one hundred percent me. That was my fault. Yeah, my phone is silenced. In another room, silenced. <laughs> well, I needed my phone for the outline. Okay. All right. Well, <clears throat> it's time for our haiku review. So, let's do our haikus. Who's gonna go first? You want me to go first? Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Eerie and lonely. Paranoia kills them all. To survive. Do they? Well, mine rhymes. Okay. Um. Did you like mine? Yeah. You're not going to complain that that's not really a review, that that's more of a recap? Yeah, but mine's a recap, too, so I didn't want to say anything. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> um, scary dog comes around. Test the blood and the thing, or not the thing. I only had room for the one, though. So can I restart? (laughs) Okay. Scary dog comes around, test the blood, and thing is found. Mac makes not a sound, because I think he dies in the end. Well, they obviously die in the end. Uh, That's really good. I like that. And you made it rhyme. Yeah. I like it. Good, well done. All right, so takeaways from the movie. As usual, I'll go first. My takeaway is that, like I said, I saw it when I was your age. Wasn't a big fan as I got to be an old person, like I am, a very old person. Yes. Yes, very old. <clears throat> very old person. I began to appreciate the nuance 
of the terror not of the monster but the terror of the people and the paranoia that they have and so I recommend the movie to anyone obviously 17 or older because it's R rated but recommend it to anyone who has the patience and enjoys a movie like that maybe a movie like if you enjoy uh, Hateful Eight for those that are old enough to have seen Hateful Eight uh, I think you would really enjoy the thing um I I thought the movie would have been so much better. I thought it, it wasn't boring, but I thought it was it it was not as interesting as it could have been if you liked the characters more. But the music was really good and I agree I think that the people are scarier than Do you the monster. The movie? Yeah. Two. Um people like stranger things. Really? You like Stranger Things. You don't like the movie? Well, yeah. I guess if you like... If, um... Are you glad you watched it? Yeah. Because it's a... A base of all yeah. the things Stranger Things? Yeah. <laughs> all things Stranger? Yeah. All right. See, so that's a wrap, Katie. That's a wrap, Katie. This episode of My Fair Katie was written and produced by Scott and Katie Schimmick. A special thanks for our music to Marty Chardy Esquire, the best IP lawyer on this side of the Hudson. <laughs>